Howdy, howdy. Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 117, and today we're going to talk about Go Tell It on the Mountain. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. All right, so give us the history on this You one. remembered the history this time. <laughs> <laughs> so Go Tell It on the Mountain was originally an African-American spiritual likely written in the mid-1800s, and John Wesley Work Jr. wrote the version we have today. And when I was reading about this song, I was reading about how it was hard to um, piece a lot of the African-American spirituals together because so many of them were just orally shared, like passed down from um, family to family or person to person, and so there wasn't a lot of them written. So like when John Wesley Work was um, trying to compile all these spirituals, he actually had a really hard time like finding them. So that's why he had to kind of rearrange some of them and write them a little bit differently. Um, but anyway, I love this about this song because you'll hear my husband, Jonathan is, uh, sings on this song with Katie Mm -hmm. and he has always loved like just really like soulful music. Mm -hmm. And so as I was reading the history, I just, it made me smile because this is this is definitely a Jonathan song. Like yes. he loves this song, yeah. but I wanted to read before we listen to it. Um, I wanted to read the Christmas story and kind of um, where this song comes from in Luke two. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, and will be with... uh, That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that is happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that has been told concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the time, and at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Go tell it on the mountain. No 
so fun you can't I mean Katie said it the other night at our event she said you just can't help but dance to this one at least Aaron can't help, Aaron can't help but dance that's that's what she said actually but it's just I love it there's something about it that it's just it's about Christmas but it's about kind of like our invitation and our response to what Christmas means and we'll talk about that more as we get into it but I just love that yeah Katie what is your favorite part of this song musically I just love the the dun 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 like the everything kind of up on the beat. I just the groovy, the groove like it just makes me bop my head. I don't know. Yes. I, just, <laughs> I just love the feel of the song. Yeah, it does just song. make you want to dance. Yes. It does. So go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. So this song just makes me so ready and so excited to live out the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and I just, yeah, I just get excited about that. Mm-hmm. It's like a 
exhortation. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's we're being invited into the work that God is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't have to include us in that, right? Like he could just do whatever he wants and, but that we get to be invited in is just a really beautiful picture. Um, it's, and I kind of think of this, like, as like you're saying, it's our response. And so I kind of think of it as like, okay, if you got a really cool present for Christmas, or if you found out about some really great sale, right? Like it was just recently black Friday and you're like, wow, this was such a good deal. I got to share this with everybody. It's kind of that same idea, right? Like you're so excited yes. about it. You're amazed. Like you want to tell everybody about it. And, and that should be our response. Like the savior is born. Like, let's go tell everybody. And I just, it just is exciting. Everything yeah, about it, it is. is exciting. It is. It's just exciting. While shepherds kept their watching or silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens, there shone a holy light. Can you imagine being a shepherd? And seeing that light. (laughs) Seeing that. Right. And just being, I just, I just have to put myself in their shoes. I'm like, what would that actually be like? Like, yeah, it's just, can you imagine? No, but it makes (laughs) sense because right the very next, well, then it goes chorus again but then the very next line after that is the shepherd's fear and tremble mm-hmm. and and I feel like that's probably what it would be like oh for sure like oh there's this bright holy light and you I don't know I mean like right it's been 400 years so you're probably not thinking Jesus is gonna come any second now oh here's that's a holy true. light here's Jesus yeah. like that probably wasn't their first initial yeah. thought their initial thought was what the heck what is happening I'm afraid Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So Jonathan told me that I think on the 21st of this month, so this will, oh, this will be after that. But apparently like a couple of the um, planets are supposed to align and it's supposed to make what they call a Christmas star and it hasn't oh, happened cool. since the 1200s. What? The 1200s. Okay, yes. we need to have a watch party. For yes. Them. Whoa, that's awesome. Um, so I don't know by this time when, when, when you're hearing this, I, I don't know if we will have seen it or not. <laughs> but anyway, I was thinking about that last night and just like how God's in control of like the heavens too, mm-hmm. like the stars and the planets and mm-hmm. the sun and the moon and um, how he's created these beautiful things mm-hmm. for us to enjoy. And mm-hmm. yes, maybe even um, invoke a little bit of, of fear, but to remind us how small we are and how big yeah. and holy he is. Um, so the rest of that verse says, when low above the earth rang out the angel chorus that hailed our savior's birth. And I just like that reminder of like, hey, they feared and they were trembled, but they weren't shamed for that. And they weren't, um, you know, guilty or they, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I feel like often if if I have fear or something like that, my immediate response after is shame. Right. That yeah. I was afraid of something, but yeah. it, it doesn't say that. And I think it's just a sweet grace to remind us that um, even when we're afraid, like you're saying, God is still in control and we can still have joy and we can even have rest. Um and still know that, you know, that God is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. Even in the moment we might, our initial reaction might be fear. Right, right. We can turn that fear <laughs> into trust. That's read. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, but yeah, just, just a reminder that I feel like there's a lot of. <laughs> Mama. Hey. There's a lot of me. shame around fear. Fear. Uh-huh. And we're not supposed, we're not called to sit or wallow in our fear, but we are called to give that over to God. And I think just that anytime we see in scripture, the, you know, when an angel appears and there's fear, the angel doesn't say you're stupid, you're wrong for, mm-hmm. for fearing me. Right. You know, he there's comforts no shame. them with, Hey, mm-hmm. I have good news for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. yes. Jesus has been born. Yeah. yeah. I like that. 
So the last verse says, Down in a lowly manger, our humble Christ was born, and God sent us salvation this blessed Christmas morn. And I think throughout this whole song, we see so much humility. And Aaron pointed this out a few weeks ago, but being a shepherd is a very like humble job and a very dirty job. Mm-hmm. And um, the song talks a lot about the shepherds. And then also it says here, our humble Christ was born. Mm-hmm. Jesus was born in the most humble of ways in, in a manger, you mm-hmm. know, with the animals, it was stinky and dirty. Um, and so to me as like a quote unquote, like normal person, this is just very, very much a comfort to remind us that like Jesus came to dwell among people like us, Mm -hmm. like God did not send him into a palace and into a place of, um, what we would consider like earthly royalty Mm -hmm. with all the riches and, um, things like that. Like he was sent among normal people Mm -hmm. like us Mm -hmm. and, um, that's just that's a comfort and a good reminder about um, if our if our Savior and King lived a humble life, how we should live in humility too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm reading through. Um, it's called "Love Came Down at Christmas." It's an Advent devotional by Sinclair Ferguson, my main man, um, <laughs> and he talks about this this idea of like this humility. And the and the whole book is walking through First Corinthians 13, the love chapter, right, and kind of just reminding us of what it looked like and how Jesus is in our is our example of love. And just like you're talking about this, this humility, and he's talking about here about serving one another. And he says, ultimately love is being like Jesus. It silences all noisy gongs, clanging simple symbols and self amplification systems. Real love always comes down. And we know that because love came down at Christmas and the rest of that um, chapter, he talks about how love looks like serving one another. Mm -hmm. And we see that in in the life of Jesus when he washed his disciples feet, but we also see that in his birth, like he came down from heaven and not only did he come down from perfection in heaven, but he came and then was amidst the animals in a feeding trough. Like we hear that and we see it in the nativities and it's kind of just, it is what it is to us. It's become normal. But like, if you really think about that for a second, like down in a lowly manger, our humble Christ was born. And I always think of Philippians too, where it talks about how Jesus is the, the image of God, but he doesn't count that, you know, he's, he's humble. And, and it's just a, it's a good reminder for us. I think, especially during Christmas, we can either get so focused on creating this event, um, and, or like making it an experience or different things like that. And ultimately I think that it stems from a lot of pride, at least personally. Yeah. I want my people to feel this way. I want myself to have this experience, whatever that looks like. But if we look to our example, what we see is love coming down Mm. and love, sacrificial love for, for God's people. And so I think in order for us to, um, exemplify that, to look like Christ, it's going to be different for each of us, but maybe that's a, a good, thing to discuss if you're going through this with someone is like, what does it look like for you to kind of rep, um, image Christ in this yeah, way? That's exactly, I was about to ask, like we've talked about how this song's kind of an exhortation to go and tell it on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, how do y'all think, I mean, Aaron is addressing it with love, but like practically, mm-hmm. how do we love people well? And how do we go and tell this good news on the mountain in our day-to-day lives as moms, as wives, as, um, people in ministry, Mm -hmm. how, or not in ministry, you know, either way, like how, how do we live this out daily? I think, um, 
a turn the tables usually stump me with questions. Yeah. I did it to you this well, time. Well, I mean, I think I've I think I've used my frozen two theology before on here, but I think just doing like the next right thing, and then something that I've been um, really praying is not to just do the next right thing, but to serve the Lord with gladness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like you're saying when you were talking yes. last week about um, how like what we do and how we live is people are going to see that and want to know where our joy is found. Right. And, and so I think just serving the Lord, but serving the Lord with gladness and doing the next right thing. So maybe that's giving your kids a meal. Maybe that's taking a meal to someone who just had a surgery or a baby, or maybe that, you know, I think it's going to look unique for each of us, but serving the Lord with gladness and, and, um, maybe one practical way is to start each morning in prayer and praise. And just for me, it's been like submitting my day to the Lord mm-hmm. and just saying, Lord, I surrender yeah. this to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have plans and I have ideas <laughs> for how I want this day to <laughs> yes. go, but help me to hold those open handedly and not, um, dive into self-pity or entitlement if it doesn't go the way I want it to, but Lord help me to be humble and to surrender to your will and then serve you with gladness. Yeah. Cause I think good. kind of it's two parts, right? It's like surrendering, mm-hmm. like it's laying down my life mm-hmm. and picking up my cross. Yeah. Um, and then doing that with gladness. Yeah. That's good. Awesome. I love the frozen two theology. Um, actually I, the very first time I saw that movie, I, thought they stole that from Elizabeth Elliot mm-hmm. because she actually talks about mm-hmm. that a lot. So yeah. and Beth yeah, Moore talks about it. that too. Beth Moore, um, Emily Freeman, like yeah. there's been several people that have talked a lot about that and it's just, it's just such a good reminder. What about you, Katie? Do you have anything practically as we go through our day to day life? Yeah. So for me, sometimes it's a lot easier to outside the home, just serve and do and mm. do that kind of thing. And for me personally, it's like when the kids get home from school, like everything needs to be put away and it needs to be like my focus needs to be on them. Not that they have to have every minute of my attention, but I just feel like I need to stop doing the things that I'm doing either for my management work or for, you know, adorn ministries or whatever it is. And just remember that like they are my number one Mm -hmm. ministry and the number one way that I need to be serving and loving, um, is on them and Mm -hmm. to them. And, um, I think this kind of relates, but so Hallie, her teacher, um, recently told me that, um, she was like, Hallie just wanted to get up and like sing a song in front of everybody. And it was a song that you, she said that you sing every night, turn your eyes upon Jesus. So we sang Mm. that, which led us into like getting another song and us singing that. And it kind of turned into this like worshipful moment. And she was like, but then she gave me your CD and my old CD. And she was like, and then I realized like, Oh, she's so comfortable doing that. Like she sees that she's, you Mm. do that. And it comes from you. And, and, And I mean, not that like, that's just how the Lord has worked through me, you know, in my child's life. But just, it was just such a reminder of like, my kids are my, for me personally, because I feel like that's where I sometimes like, I can go out and go and do and mm-hmm. serve. And then I just forget about the ones that are right in front of me that are mm-hmm. the most important. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. That's really good. We, I was talking yeah. with the, um, a woman from our church who's a little bit her kids are ground now. And it was so funny because twice in the same day, I had heard that phrase, more is caught than taught. And that's exactly what you're talking about, right? Like more is caught than taught for our children, but more is also caught than taught with anyone in our life. We can talk and we can talk and we can talk about our doctrine. We can talk and we can talk about our theology and we can serve and serve and serve. But if people don't see us first being with Jesus before doing for Jesus, then we're kind of missing the point, right? And it's the same idea here, right? Mm -hmm. Like go tell it on the mountain, but you're able to go and tell because you have first 
been with him, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. It's an overflow. Yes. An overflow of your love yeah. mm-hmm. for Jesus. Yep. 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 Okay. okay. I want to just read this little from this, uh, I think it was originally a poem or something, but it's, it goes really well with this. Okay. So this is Francis Ridley Havergal's it's a hymn and you've probably heard it maybe from Chris Tomlin or somebody else, but the original person was Francis Havergal's. Okay. Because this is, this is what I think. If you're like, I don't know exactly what to do. Like make this your prayer. This is what I've been making my prayer. So it says, take my life and let it be consecrated Lord to thee. Take my moments and my days and let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of your love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages and take my silver and my gold. Not a mite would I withhold that idea of full surrender. My moments, my money, my day, my time, my feet, my hands, let it all be for you. Help me to go tell it on the mountain for you. I love that. Mm. So good. It's such a good reminder as we're almost to Christmas. Yeah. So we pray that you have a wonderful Christmas with um, your friends or family or whoever you're spending it with and that you're able to focus on the reason for the season and on Jesus. And um, yeah. And we'll be back in the spring. Keep um, following us on yeah. the socials and um, subs- make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you can hear the news about our upcoming series in the spring that we're super excited about. Go tell it on the mountain. Oh.